It's Tuesday, everybody, and it's another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, let's dive right into it. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. Have all of your entertainment news and Bachelor Nation content in one place. And today is like no other. I've got a Travis Kelce, uh, Taylor Swift update. Plus, I've got some other pop culture news, including Nick Vial interviewing Rachel Recchia following my interview with Tino Franco. It's not going to be pretty, folks, but I'm going to be honest with you with my criticism of Nick and his team and how they handled that interview. We'll get to that on the second half of this episode. Look, I got to play fair. That's all I've got here. I'm going to give my fair thoughts on why I was not credited by them in mentioning my podcast with Tino, which might not seem like a big deal. It might sound like I'm being a petty or whatever, but trust me when I say the only thing we have here is our name. And the only thing we can ask for is that people credit our names when they create content uh, regarding work we put in. So we'll share all of that and more on today's episode. Let's jam. All right, Becca Kufrin, of course, announced her baby Benny was born. Benson, a.k.a. Benny, over the weekend. Very uh, happy for her and Thomas. And now she's sharing first photos. And she said, haven't washed my hair in five days. Spilling milk everywhere. Can't consume enough water for the life of me. Going through adult diapers like they're going out of style. Doesn't remember what sleep is, but ho, hey, so happy. Um, maybe I'm ignorant because I've never had any kids, but I didn't realize you needed adult diapers. I'm sure all the ladies listening are going, oh my gosh, you kidding me? You just opened the floodgates. You let a child out. Of course, you're going to have a little leakage, which, you know, hey, let's get Becca Kufrin on some adult diapers uh, sponsors. Who wants to see a QR code with a discount code for Becca Kufrin? I'm all about it. So in her photo, the most interesting thing, if you're watching on Patreon, you can see the photo here, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. But the most interesting thing is that she took a photo in the mirror with her dog in the background and her baby Benny, but she blurred out Benny's bosom. No, she blurred out Benny's face. I'm trying to go for the alliteration there. And I think that's a good thing. She put a little uh, purple heart emoji over the baby. And it's like, look, don't give away those photos for free. Either someone's going to pay for them and you're going to put them in the child's tax-free college fund. God knows in 18 years what college is going to cost. Who knows if we'll all, if the country's even going to exist, right? Either way, you got to plan accordingly. So she's not just going to give those photos away to the public. So good on her for protecting the image of her child. Very happy for her. I'm going to dive into a quick clip of uh, Serena and Joe on Trading Secrets Podcast discussing why they didn't want a Bachelor in Paradise televised wedding. Have a listen. The privacy aspect was important to us, and I think we realized in that moment it wouldn't have worked for us, and I think they probably realized it wouldn't work for them either. And I think it was not going to be mutually beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember because I went to a wedding in Paradise, which was Chris, Chris Randone, and Crystal. Crystal. And I just remember, like, you know, it is still a production. Like, yeah. there's still a there's still cameras. They still have to be mic'd. They still have to stop and potentially re-say something. And, like, I don't want to have to do that for my wedding. Got it. You know, okay. and, and no shame on them. You still have to or have like show. random paradise guests but, there. Yeah, could you imagine you like do your final kiss and they're like, wait, do it again for coverage. It's like, no, good golly. That are yeah. like dealing with their own drama. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So like, yeah, you're literally, you have the rest of the cast yeah. that's on the show that you probably don't know 80% of them. Okay. Like your most intimate moment, they're sitting watching. Okay, so uh, you know, what I'm hearing here is that 
you couldn't tell me if I'm hearing this right. You you would have considered doing it, but knowing all the factors, especially seeing it and being in a wedding, the price would have to be like very, very right. And it didn't get to that point. So you said, let's do our own thing. Yeah. Is that a fair interpretation? Yeah, yes. that's yeah. fair. I mean, if they would have okay. said like, hey, come do it, we'll pay you a million bucks. <laughs> sure. yeah. There's a price for everything, folks. Absolutely. But not, uh, you know, uh, luckily they know their worth and it really means something to them. And look, if they decided to televise it, it's like, who cares? You could televise one, you could do a private one, a courthouse one. Who the hell cares? But of course, when you uh, do something on your own terms, when you're not taking money from outside forces, you get to do what you want with it. I mean, if the wedding's paid for by a, a uh, needy in-law, that needy in-law is going to be like, well, uh, can we do some more uh, violet in the florals? And you're like, mom, no. And she's like, well, but I kind of paid for it. So I want to see, my, you know, it's like, oh, controlling mothers. And what's funny is I think back in the day, I'll have to fact check it or even ask her, but there's rumors that Trista was paid. That was with the fee that she got a million bucks. First wedding, wow. ABC, Trista and Ryan, they got a million dollars. Really? That's the rumor out there. I'm going to, I'm going to actually text her. Stay to the recap. I'm going to so ask I heard her. a different number. Okay. I what'd you hear? That Sean and Catherine got a million. Interesting. And this is a straight up rumor. Like yeah, I don't even remember who up. I heard this Trading from. secrets. We got to confirm this stuff. What'd you hear? I heard no one ever got more. More than a hundred. Really? All right. So they all have ridiculously different numbers, which is fine. All right. I'm going to get out of that. Maybe tomorrow we'll have more coverage on their interview there. I just wanted to give you a sneak peek. And uh, what a crazy conversation happened between Rachel Lindsay and uh, the presidential, uh, uh, not, uh, not presidential nominee, running for president, Larry Elder. They end up, I believe, hanging up on him. I'm going to play that clip for you in a second because it's Rachel Lindsay. So that makes it Bachelor adjacent. But first, let's get a word from our sponsor. I don't know about you guys, but I love me some Rachel Lindsay. She just posted this reel. It's going to take off. She said, Larry Elder's entire presidential campaign is based on the notion that in order to save America, we need to fix the fatherless epidemic in the black community. When asked what he asked to, to combat this epidemic, he would not and could not answer the question, obviously because the answer is nothing. I never lose my cool in interviews, but there is always an exception to the rule. Check out the full interview on Higher Learning Podcast on YouTube. Let's listen to her clip on Instagram. This is Larry Elder. Elder running for president, being interviewed by Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan. You're talking about that there's this epidemic in the black community of fatherlessness. What have you done to combat fatherlessness in the black community? Okay, so you're accepting that we have an issue with fatherlessness in the black community. You're accepting that, I assume. I, I'm not. You said that. I didn't think so. So, so you're you're not accepting it, and you're asking me, "What am I doing about something that you well, don't no, accept?" No, no, you're you're my Larry, is, the my, my question is clear as day. <laughs> is that do you have you not done anything to combat fatherlessness? You are you are, you, you, you just now acknowledged in your opinion that what I just now said wow. isn't even a problem. Larry, please answer. What have you done to combat fatherlessness? I'm waiting for Rachel to answer my question. Then I'll respond. I've already answered that question. So, so you want me to respond to a problem? To no, answer no, Larry. What it's your campaign, Larry. Larry, this is your campaign. Your campaign is about fatherlessness. I'm giving you the floor to talk about how you have combat fatherlessness because you say it is such an issue in this country and you don't want to answer the question. I'm happy to answer the question, provided that you acknowledge that there is a problem. Uh, Larry, get the fuck out of here. You're talking about... 
And so then Van goes, Larry, get the F out of here. Look, I love uh, I love when presidential candidates go on podcasts where they can actually hear from constituents and hear from people cross-examining them. I think it's fair if you're going to make your campaign about fixing a fatherless epidemic to provide all of the citation about what you have done uh, with regards to that. Either way, I, uh, to be quite fair, I have not listened to the full episode, so we'll have more to report once we get in on that content, just sharing their reel. All right, we got a lot of news to jump into here and not much time. Um, tra- Travis Kelce, Kel- Kelce, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, of course, um, has started canoodling with Taylor Swift and our good friend Susanna from Bachelor Data and Pop Day, uh, Pop Data, I believe it's called. She has shared how much, how big of a following he's gained. Of course, he's a star tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, and yet she is a global sensation. Here's how many Instagram followers he has received since canoodling with Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey has gained more Instagram followers overnight after Taylor Swift attended his game than he did after winning the 2023 Super Bowl. Let's break it down. So I did a whole analysis and timeline looking back at Travis and Taylor rumors. This all began when Travis Kelsey mentioned that he tried to get Taylor Swift a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. Now the power of the Swifty community is strong. Before Taylor Swift attended his game, he had already gained 314,000 new followers with an increased gain rate since September 12th when the rumors really picked up. But then I wonder how that compared to when he and his brother's football teams faced off in the 2023 Super Bowl. So this chart shows how many new followers he gained daily leading up to the Super Bowl in blue. All right, so you can go watch that visual. She does a great job with her data visuals there at Pop Culture Data or Bachelor Data, wherever you want to follow her. Follow her at both places. It's free. Either way, the Taylor Swift Super Bowl, which was this past weekend, gained him a quarter million new followers versus the Super Bowl. And it makes sense. Why would he get new followers from the Super Bowl. Everyone who was cheering for him would have already followed him, but it just goes to show the behemoth that is one. Taylor Swift. So we'll be following her. And not every artist is a Taylor Swift who has meteoric success. There's plenty of artists that make their living by busking on the streets, playing music uh, for tips and things like that. And this is a very tragic story. I would call it tragic. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know what your definition of tragic is, but this is a story of a man on TikTok by the name of The Andrew Shue. And somebody knocked down his piano while he was playing playing his last song and stole money out of his tip jar. Have a listen. Somebody's probably ever done to me while street performing. So a drunk girl slams her hand down on the pianist keys. So this kind of stuff happens here and there. So I usually just keep playing through it. But after what's about to happen, I had to stop. This was also the last song of the night, and side note, I do this to see people happy, so please don't harass the person in this video. Playing Piano Man. Nice voice. They're coming back right now. They're coming back, a lot of them. She slams his piano down. And then she goes, I'm so sorry. And then her friends are laughing. And then she reaches into the tip jar and takes money 
out of the tip jar. So anyway, if you want to support this creator, he's on TikTok at the Andrew Shoe. You can go watch this sad thing that happened there. My hope is is that somebody starts a little GoFundMe and puts some bread into his tip jar. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe $10,000. Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know if there's a GoFundMe out there right now, but if we find one, we'll definitely share it over here. All right. I'm going to get to what you guys want to hear. The response by Rachel Recchia after being, uh, after Tino Franco was on my podcast over the weekend. Of course, they broke up in a pretty loud way uh, last year on the After the Final Rose and all that jazz that we saw play out on her season of The Bachelorette. Well, The story continues, folks. We'll get to that right after a quick word from the sponsors. So I don't think I'm necessarily a rule follower, but when there are moral issues of concern, I definitely can't let things slide. And in this one instance, the moral issue of concern is the lack of crediting that Nick Vial is doing on his podcast when he discusses other content creators. And it's something... It's not a hill I want to die on, but I think it's important to call it out because when you call things out and provide just subtle levels of shame, it's like, look, I'm not trying to cancel the guy. I want him to make his money, do his thing. But as you're about to listen, he discusses for a long time my episode with Tino Franco and not one time does he mention this interview was heard on the Dave Neal show or Driving with Dave or Dave Neal. He could have said any number of things to give people an understanding if they wanted to listen to the source material that this is where they could find it. I go into it deeper, but either way, let's hear Rachel respond and also you're going to hear me criticize all the producers that Nick has hired that don't have any of the actual quotes. They don't have the source audio. They sort of contextualize and editorialize what Tino said, because it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. So if you watch the full version on YouTube, you can see the producer like flippantly saying, Tino was acting like this. And it's like, that's just not what happened whatsoever. So if you enjoy my content, the content we do over here and calling out kind of the bullshit when it happens, do me a solid. At the very least, give us a nice review on the podcast app. We appreciate that. It helps out the community. Share us with your friends on Instagram. And if you do want to put bread in our tip jar, go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal and support content creators. Uh, Unlike Nick, who didn't support me by, uh, look, hey, it might sound like I'm uh, barking up a lot. I'm complaining. I'll read some of your comments after you listen to this clip and you guys can decide whether or not he should have uh, credited me. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious at this point. And also, if my audio sounds a little differently, that's because I had to drop the dog off at the vet. He's getting, I think, 9 to 11 teeth pulled. He's an old dog. His teeth need to get pulled. I know. We we already get him the expensive canned food. Don't worry. We're taking care of our baby. But either way, I had to drive him 90 minutes away You know, in Los Angeles traffic, which means I didn't have time to make it back to my studio. So I recorded this episode from my car. Uh, it's quite the sight to see. Have a listen to Nick Vial not crediting Dave Neal on his podcast, The Vial Files. You see how I did that, Nick? That's called a credit where it's due. Past weekend, what did he like? Was this in response to something? Are you aware of this, Rachel? What I'm aware of is that it's because his contract is now up. So he was doing an interview. He was doing an interview. And he said what? He was just talking about the new season of The Bachelor. And obviously, you know, he was asked about you. You're going to be on the beach. He was like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm going to be tuning in for my boys or something. And they talked about how he'd had a missed call from you. and doesn't feel like there's anything that he needs to say. You reached out. So the way that the producer sort of like says what Tino says. Okay, Nick, 
if I can offer you any advice from a small, no-name, independent content creator here, do the extra research. You've already got all of these producers on salary. Hit the freaking play button and play everything that Tino actually said, which we will do in a second here because the tone is completely off. So, and maybe this is maybe this is what he wants to do, uh, but they're saying, well, basically Tino said this and then Rachel's going to respond going, well, if he said that, then FM. And it's like, this isn't the conversation at all. This is such a misuse of sort of commentary because you're not giving the source, first of all, their credit, but you're also not um, uh, correctly establishing the tone of the conversation. I will say I did not reach out. (gasps) I did it. But like I said before, my big thing is I really do love being able to have that friendship with my exes. I have one with Clayton, with Zach with Avon, with everyone except him, that is something I really would love to have in the future, at least be civil. As far as I know, I did not reach out to him. And I do think it's interesting that a call is the only thing I guess you can't provide like a receipt for. Because I tried to scroll back. I really, I was like, oh, did I? Maybe you pocket called him? Did I call him? No, I don't even know. Because I mean. Which by the way, and no offense, it's not a dumb move, but that's why Nick calls people because you don't provide receipts for that. That's why Nick DM'd me, call me so we could have a conversation and I can't screen grab it or provide any proof, but it doesn't mean it didn't exist. Whether or not Tino called Rachel is really not, it's really irrelevant to the rest of this conversation. Maybe I did call him. I don't know. I, I went back and I was like, oh, you can't even go back that far in your call. So I was like, I really don't think I called him. But to your knowledge, you didn't. Yeah. To my knowledge, I didn't. I would love to have a conversation with him if he's ever open to it. I'm not willing to die on that hill if he thinks I called him. I mean, Bachelor World. Come on the Dave Neal show. We'll get you in the back seat. You can sit the front. You can sit shotgun and we'll get Tino in the back seat. Is so small. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's just no need to have any exactly. bad blood. It's just yes. not worth it. And then what recently? He said, she's perfect for somebody. It's just not me. I really think she will be an excellent partner to someone else. But that was in response to him earlier saying something like, if she thinks she can find love on the beach, good luck or something like that. Yeah. So Nick says, if she thinks she can find love on the beach, good luck. Now, of course, that's not what was said. I was like, what what was the point of this outside of trying to like make me go jump off a bridge or be a victim i don't know yeah. but i was just like what did you want me to jump up and fight him like I were you trying was... to get a knee-jerk reaction out of me because i was just like what yeah what? like yeah it actually made go look, date made i don't care like, like she somebody <laughs> said she's or i think it's out that she went on paradise great i find love so what be se- happy what season know. are you go- great find love be happy i don't know is that the voice of a guy who's really scorned? Or he's like, I don't give to flying rats asses what you do. And by the way, just so you guys know, maybe it's good I'm doing this in my car today. Here I am, folks. No producers. I don't have a team of five. You can just hit the play button. This is dynamic content, folks. All right, let's go back to what he actually said. Oh, good said for that her. In she multiple said good ways. for her. Good for her. Yes. Not good luck. Good, yes. Yeah, good for her. It's like the like outro. I wish you good well. Luck. <laughs> yeah. But there's, I mean, like... Is it possible that he was more speaking about Bachelor World? Like if she thinks she can, because I, or do you think it, did you see that as a dig? So the two, I guess, quotes that really did hurt me, I'll be completely honest and I will say this so on the record. I don't have control over how my time on The Bachelor ended. Okay. So she says the two quotes and then she doesn't give actual quotes. Mm -hmm. I just don't. And to hear him say, if she thinks that she can find love, good luck, all while talking about how 
easy it's been for him to be dating again and move. Tino never talked about how easy dating's been for him. It's been hell from him, you could imagine. He was essentially canceled from the show. Vaughn, and I think another thing he said was, she needs a couple years. And then when she that? gets out of the spotlight. She needs a couple years. She's perfect for somebody. It's just not me. I really think she'll be an excellent partner to somebody else. Franco noted on Saturday, betting Recchia would likely meet her ideal partner in a couple years when she's a little bit further removed from the public eye. Can we please get the dang quotes? Sorry. Someone's walking their dog. <laughs> this is banana land, guys. This is ridiculous. She'll be able to find someone. Wait, he's I can find the exact quote, but that's what he said. Well, then find the exact quote, because I just did, and you conflated it. He didn't basically say anything. He said you'd, you'd be an excellent partner to somebody else. Rachel, he has given you so much grace in this conversation I had with him. He championed you so, so much, all while trying to tell his truth, which is that he's not a terrible guy and he owns up to his mistakes. I pressed him so many times. So many times I gave him the chance to bash her, and he didn't. And I, and I did that on purpose. I said, I want to know how you really feel. And now we know that publicly, at least, he's being as graceful as possible. In the most recent he interview? He was giving you dating that's advice? That's so condescending. For... No, he wasn't giving dating advice. And no, it's not condescending. Good God. Dang. <laughs> I, I just you don't know. understand why. Yeah. Why <laughs> am I not allowed to move on? And why am I not allowed to find yeah. love? Why in do an I need a couple years? Yeah. Tina, why are you giving Rachel relationship <laughs> advice? I know you're going to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> How many people are on camera? Five people on camera. There's a producer off camera. We have half of a freaking football team on camera here. We've got... <laughs> this could be a pro basketball team and a backup right here. And we still... We still don't get the actual sound bites. Uh, yeah. That's that's yeah, weird. and it, it's just hard because, I mean, I it will say hard. I did listen to his interview with Nick. And, I mean, I was, you know, on my couch full glass of wine, like ready for this <laughs> exclusive, like sit down. And I was so impressed. I think with the way you handled the interview, he showed so much empathy and he was really able to look at the situation, like coming out of it. There had been time that passed. I just want to say good for you for admitting that you oh, yeah. uh, listened to it. Most oh, people I, oh, would yeah. lie about that. Yeah. Um, I saw the cliff notes. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just heard. Someone sent me a message. Like, you know, I watched it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Full glass of wine. Was there <laughs> any... Up to the brim. Yeah. Was like, there... Notepad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, taking my notes. I felt like Tino with... By the way, Rachel looks gorgeous here. She looks gorgeous. I'm so excited to see her on Bachelor in Paradise. I'm not mad at Rachel whatsoever. I think they are not producing this show to the quality that would benefit Rachel. The best way to do this is to have the 10 different sound bites ready to go. And so, you know, he can have his notes as he shuffles them in his paper. All right, go to soundbite four. And then they can actually play what he said, but they don't want to do that. Is it because they're lazy? I don't understand. How many laptops do you see out there? You know what I mean? Like, I'm kicking your ass right now from the front seat of a car. Really tried to find that balance between mm -hmm. sharing his truth and trying to take responsibility, also while complimenting you. But nevertheless, you're here. We got to talk to Tino. Was there anything that you felt like you didn't totally agree with or you found completely in inaccurate? 
Well, I think the way he did speak about what happened, I really appreciated that he gave our relationship, I think, the respect good. it deserves. Good, good, good. I think a lot of people... If I was a marriage counselor, I'd be like, okay, we, we're agreeing on something. This is good. Kind of forget in the midst of everything that there was a point where we, you know, were in a really rough place. But I was able to really work on myself and get myself to where he needed me to be for us to be successful. And we did start mm -hmm. really progressing forward. And so when he did finally tell me about all this, it was just obviously I was angry. I was overwhelmed. And I think the way he described it, it was pretty accurate. But yeah, I guess now. All right. So Rachel says he described it accurately. Which is good. I mean, that's good that they were able to understand. Like, look, I pressed Tino on this. I was like, was Rachel really difficult dealing with the spotlight? And he, in his own words, said that he had got an anxious attachment style. So he was the one who felt insecure in all these different things. He owned up to all those things. He's been going to therapy. I, I mean, honestly, I the video, the, the Driving with Dave episode with Tino is our highest viewed video yet. It's the most liked video. Like, it's the highest like percentage. So if anybody wants to watch the Driving with Dave episode with Tino from a critical eye, please do and leave timestamps where you think he was bashing Rachel. So look, I don't mean to be bashing Nick here because I think gen genuinely he does a good job with his podcast, but it can't go unnoticed. He calls independent content creators micro podcasts when he refers to She's All Batch. He calls them like that Morgan girl, you know, when talking about Morgan pop talks, uh, you know, Game of Roses, he won't use their name. Reality Steve, he doesn't talk about, you know, so it's an ongoing theme. And I just I don't there's it's not illegal. It's just wrong. And that's all. So one of two things could be happening. Either his producers are not um prepared enough to share the source information. And by that, I mean, if they wanted Rachel Recchia to react to five different clips from my interview with Tino, they could just have those clips ready to play. You could just store them on an iPad, hit the play button. You could, heck, you could play them from your phone. It's so easy to do. They have their laptops out. They're piped into the audio mixer. Absolutely. There's even a producer off camera. There are six people being paid and none of them have the dang audio of me interviewing Tino Franco. <laughs> it's rubbish. But either way, I don't mean to digress here, but it's ridiculous. So that's the one scenario that they're just not prepared, which I don't think is the case. The second scenario is that Nick doesn't want the actual content being played because, well, for multiple reasons. One, it could be free promotion for the content, which by the way, that's just a side product of doing the right thing. Or two, it's because he just doesn't want to promote other people because for whatever reason, maybe he sees them as competition or he doesn't want to give people free publicity. I think it's the free publicity level. But Nick, I would encourage you that it's not about free publicity. It's about you're creating content based on an interview I did with Tino. Again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, there has to be a certain level of calling that out to end it. So that's exactly what I did. I left a comment on his YouTube channel. It's got 111 uh, likes right now. And I said, Nick, regarding the Tino interview, I'd really appreciate it if you credited the sources when you discuss these things. This is an ongoing trend I've witnessed with how you discuss other independent content creators. You don't give them the credit when speaking about their content. Cheers, Dave. And that led to a response and someone 
you know, I'll read, I'll read what most people said, oh, it's abhorrent. Yeah. Dave's entered the chat, blah, blah, blah. And then someone, you know, I'll, I'm okay reading people that disagree with me. Someone said, LMAO, Dave, really, dude, this is his channel. He can do what he wants. You seem to swear by that rule whenever anyone tries to correct you. And my friends, we call that a false equivalency, also known as comparing apples to oranges. So I'm saying he needs to credit the people he talks about. And then this person saying, but you talk about him. Him. Yes, but I credit him. And that's the way that content creating goes. Let me know what you guys think. If you're on my side of this, what I believe to be very obvious issue, uh, do me a solid. Reach out. Leave a rating or a review on my show or throw some bread in the tip jar. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.